Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for jobs powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. (laughs) Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, Stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. What's up, boys and girls? It's your favorite podcast, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined as always by my partner in crime, Chad Sowash. And today, we are just giddy like schoolgirls to welcome Romy Newman, president and co-founder of Fairy God Boss. Romy, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. How are you? I'm good, and I love the round of applause. It almost makes me feel pre-COVID. Because <laughs> we we could do we could mix it up. Oh we yeah, could get, yeah. We See, could uh, yeah. dim the lights. Anyway, um, yeah. How uh, COVID? How's it treating you? How's the company? Give us a quick status of uh, Fairy God Boss, and then we'll get into some of the news here. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm really proud to say that um, Fairy God Boss has grown so much. We're 70 employees now. We have over 200 customers, and we've got about 2 million women visiting our site every month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wow. think, um, you know, I joke a lot that when we first had this idea kind of back in 2016, people would say, why would women need their own career site? And uh, I think the world has sort of realized why now. I think those people and- that were asking the questions were old white men. That's why. <laughs> uh, possibly. But <laughs> but I'm really proud um, of the community that we've built, the participation we have from our users. I'm proud of the companies that we work with and the effort that they're putting forward toward being more inclusive, more diverse, more equitable. Um, and I, I think we've seen such a change in focus and such a genuine um, appetite for improving diversity 
across so many companies. Well, that being said, let's talk about some of those companies. You have a list where you talk rankings for the best companies for women in 2021. We're starting to wrap up 2021, so it's time to get those rankings out there. How do you actually come about this list, first and foremost? What what goes into it? What data points, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, while today we're really a peer-to-peer community, our legacy or our history, we started out collecting free anonymous job reviews for women by women because we believe that the experiences women are having may be different. And we know that women looking for jobs want to hear from other women who work at companies to understand their experiences. Um, So we, we still have those reviews. We ask 15 structured questions about things like, do you feel you're treated fairly? Do you you feel your CEO supports diversity? Uh, What advice would you give to another woman who's working here? And so at the end of the year, we take all the reviews we've received and based on three key questions, we rank the company. So it's driven entirely based on employee reviews Mm -hmm. and driven entirely based on three dimensions. One is, do you feel you're treated fairly? One is, would you recommend this company to other women? And one is, on a scale of one to five, how satisfied are you with this job? Gotcha. Gotcha. So not to sound like Mel Gibson, but what do women want when it comes to a company? We take a look at, you take a look at number one is powerhouse remodeling. Never heard yeah. of this company ever in my life. Dug yeah. deep into the website, the, the, the profile. I mean, they do some really, really cool shit, not just for, for, for women, but even for veterans and so on and so forth. How does powerhouse remodeling get the number one slot, especially on a brand we don't even know? Yeah. I mean, I think that just goes to show the endorsement that its employees wanted to make for it, uh, because a lot of the companies that win these awards are those whose Mm -hmm. employees have really gone to bat, run internal campaigns to leave reviews and that sort of thing. Often it's through their employee resource groups. Um, But, you know, what do women want? So I think above all, they want equitable treatment. And I think they want opportunities. And I think increasingly, they don't want to be the only in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this moment in time, particularly, flexible scheduling is so critical. You may know this really d- disappointing, terrible statistic, but approximately 3 million women exited the workforce in 2020. That brought us back. You guys are 1980s music fans, and we are back <laughs> oh, now in the now. 90s. Yes, we are back now in the 1980s um, in terms of workforce participation among women. So all of the progress of the last 30 years basically was was eradicated due to the COVID pandemic, which is which is a, a sad, sad story. Um, but one, I think, uh, you know, when when we look at why that happened, it was because really a collapse of childcare due to both school closures and then also structurally a, a kind of a dearth of childcare providers. Mm-hmm. So basically what's happening is while the workforce is coming back and being repopulated, we are continue to see record lows of women's workforce participation. So all that to be said, one of the main things we can do to get women back in the workforce is flexibility and accommodations, particularly while school schedules or childcare is harder to come by. 
Well, first of all, Romy, I want to say that uh, congratulations on the growth. It sounds like you're well on your way to glass door money. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think they were acquired for $1.6 billion yes. a few years ago. So you're you're well on your way. Temper I'm expectations, curious. Cheeseman. Come on. Yeah, temper my expectations. <laughs> I was, no, I, I love – I like a high expectation. You like that. Okay. So, <laughs> yes. so one of the things uh, – all the review sites do this. Um, they feel very much like a PR grab or begging for media attention. It sounds yeah. like you guys have actually done some thought behind this to get some of this data. Um, so I just want to give you a chance right now to say, hey, everybody, this is actually real for us. It's not just a plea for media attention. Oh, I mean, <laughs> we are, look, we're, we are a for-profit venture-backed company, but we have a social mission and we're all about improving the workforce for women. I will just tell you, this is my personal passion because I believe that our companies will function better with greater diversity. I believe our country will, will function better and have a higher GDP and better outcomes, better success. So um, this, is, this is a labor of love for me. Gotcha. So I want to talk about uh, a little bit of, about the pandemic and what sort of uh, occurred in response to that. We saw we saw a, a serious decrease in the in the numbers of mothers uh, that left the workforce. I think the, the the chart that I saw was that working mothers dropped out of the labor force at a rate of four uh, percent, whereas men uh, declined one percent. Are you guys seeing anything in the data in regards to more companies embracing mothers? And certainly, we we've talked about the mother project here on the show. Um, the mom project uh, that just got uh, $80 million. So this yes. is really a focus. What are you seeing on your end at Fairy God Boss in regards to what companies are doing to embrace mothers? And it's interesting. I think the number one thing companies are doing is to allow for ongoing work from home or at least hybrid schedules. And it's interesting because I don't think that that work from home and flexible schedules are exactly the same thing. But I do think that work from home enables flexible schedules because uh, the fa concept of FaceTime is just gone. And I will tell you in my past career, I, I had a big job at a big company. And at this company, I had to be in the office by 9am every day. It, everybody did. It was a rule. You were at your desk by nine, right? Yeah. And my kids, if I wanted to drop them off at school, I wasn't going to be able to get there till 9.15. Right. And that 15 minutes meant everything to me. That 15 minutes was probably contributing to one of the factors why I eventually quit. Right. And how important really ultimately was that 15 minutes to the company? Right. right? I could have stayed late or I could have found made up that time in the evening. There's so many ways I could have made up that 15 minutes if I needed to. Yep. Right. But you can see where sort of our um, historical notions of how work has to be limit caregivers from doing the work they need to do in, in much too structured and rigid of a way. Talking about equity, right? We, we mm -hmm. say, I've heard you say it a few times over. Now, do you think there might be a time in coming years when you can actually start to go at some of these companies and ask them to be more transparent around pay to demonstrate that they are a great place, uh, an amazing place for women to work and not one where they're going to get, you know, bought on the cheap. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I hope so. I think there's there's sort of there's two conjoined problems with that. One is 
willingness, of course, but then the other is data, right? Uh-huh. And I think the data is really difficult to parse and it takes a, a village. And you look at someone like Salesforce who's really stepped up to address it. And at, it was an enormous data project. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely hope so. I also hope and believe if we can get more women into leadership positions, mm-hmm. this problem will go away because it will be self-correcting. But, you know, there's a a, a chart that comes out of McKinsey each year. They, they capture this data. It's from the annual tracking study. And I reference it a lot. It's a, a pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. And it shows that at the entry levels of the workforce, the workforce is 50% men and 50% women. Right. And at each level up the hierarchy, up each each level up the, the executive ladder, um, it becomes more, more male-oriented until right. at the senior ranks, it's only about 20% women, right? So more women at the senior level, and we're not going to have to undergo all these crazy data as, efforts, although good to have data, data is important, mm-hmm. but um, because the people making the pay decisions will be coming at it from a very equitable lens. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text uh. kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> So along the the line of those numbers, I believe the females who are actually in a CEO position in Fortune 500 companies is around 8%, right? So again, in the workforce, we're talking 50-50, but yet we're not seeing the, the elevation of those individuals, those females into key C-suite leadership positions. So the big question is, what can an organization like Fairy Godboss do to be able to help leverage more of those conversations, number one, and number two, more outcomes, because obviously we're not seeing the outcomes that we we should and or need to. Or do you see that this is really just an underlying problem of what we're seeing in the workforce now with all the females actually leaving the workforce? Do you think that they're together or do you think they're separate? Well, they're definitely related. 
I am so proud of what we do as a business, which is help companies attract more women to apply for jobs because I genuinely believe that one of the first things that can be done to cure all the problems is just get more women into the company, into the leadership roles, into the middle management so that there's better balance, right? 50% of the world is women, right? So there's better balance in all those areas. And the more and better balance we have, the more the structure and the practices and the, the culture will change to become more equitable and inclusive naturally. Um, and by the way, I believe this also about all kinds of diversity. I think we need more representation of different races, of different sexual orientation. We need more representation of people with disabilities and veterans. And I think the more we can adapt our workforces and bring diverse individuals into the up the ranks, mm -hmm. the better, first of all, the better the business outcomes, yes. which is really important. And also the, the better experiences all employees will have. And so what I think has to happen is, yeah, we can change policies. We can try to go to trainings, but really we just change the composition of the workforce. Uh, and that's what I hope to help companies do. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the technology sector and actually one of the uh, categories that you break down the data that you, you present here. And technology has historically been the bro culture, right? And women have historically felt alienated, harassed in these environments. Uh, there were a few cases a year or so ago where this was really prominent. Have you seen in the data some improvement in terms of how women are treated on on the technology uh, side of businesses and technology companies? It's not showing through specifically in our data, but anecdotally, I do think that remote working has alleviated some of the sense of microaggressions that both women and um, people from historically underrepresented backgrounds have faced in the workforce. Um, so, it, but I also think it's a little hard to tell. I don't know what it's going to be like when we all go back to the office. I do yep. think there's definitely been improvement. I also think this idea of virtual collaboration and distributed work has really changed the experience, frankly, that all employees have with their workplace culture. Yep. So these uh, these lists are always fluid. Companies in the top ten one year, a couple of years, you know, from from now, they're they're out of the top ten. If you had to sort of get your crystal ball out and predict. What sort of companies would be in your your top list? What what are the things that they are going to be doing uh, to appeal to women? Uh, I.e., for companies that are listening to this podcast, what should they be looking to do to improve uh, environment and work uh, workplaces for their female employees in order to uh, to get to your top ten list, prospectively? Yeah, so there there are so many things, um, but I would start with figuring out how to be really oriented toward deliverables, toward results, as opposed to toward schedule and FaceTime and availability. And I think, by the way, that's going to be a really necessary thing for all companies to figure out as the world changes to, to retain the best talent. Everybody knows there's a war for talent, particularly in the technology space. So if companies want to attract female talent, if they want to attract the best workers, they're going to have to move toward whether it's using OKRs, whether it's using um, performance objectives, we have to stop measuring productivity in terms of time spent at a desk and start measuring it in terms of contribution to the company. And Amen. I think, yeah, I mean, I think we all want that, right? Yeah. And then I think once you've got that, um, it can really help alleviate places where there are bias, such as pay raises and promotions. 
So when you're when things become so transparent and so clear, someone can say at the end of a quarter, look, I completed all of the deliverables that we discussed, right? Mm-hmm. I have done my job well. No, but there's no subjectivity. And removing the subjectivity will go a long way, I think. I also think that there has to be a focus on wellness. There has to be a focus on um, support of of the, the whole life of the employee, because when work moved into all of our homes, those boundaries just evaporated. And let's face it, we've all, all, every last one of us in whatever personal way it happened to us have been through a really difficult couple of years, right? And so it's hard for employees to just kind of like keep on trucking through it. And a dear friend of mine, Lorna Hagen, who's the chief people officer at Guild recently said, people now lean on their company to provide them community, to provide them guidance, to provide them some more support in a way that historically, maybe they leaned on a church or a university, right? The, the expectations or demands placed on an employer because it is your main lens into the outside world have just grown and grown and grown. And companies that understand and respect that will win. I need a hug, Chad. That's, I need a, I need a that hug to right me, now. That, that to me is more scary than than, than hug. I don't I don't know that I want I don't know that I want to put that much trust into to any brand. But I, I, what I do want to say though is that if you haven't checked out this best companies for women or twenty twenty one Romy, where can they go to find this? Where can they go out to find more about Fairy God Boss? Uh, connect with you. Give us a give us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you can start with www.fairygodboss.com. If you search on that famous big search engine, Best Companies for Women, you will find us. And uh, that famous big search engine, Google, that is a Fairy God Boss customer. Nice. Um, oh, and- nice, nice name drop. Not, not in the top 10, by the way. <laughs> uh, yes. And please, you know how to find me. You can connect with me on Fairy God Boss. You can also connect with me in all those usual places, like LinkedIn, by the way, also a fairy god boss customer (laughs) excellent well Romy, Romy. thank you so much we appreciate you taking the time sharing the the list and and again doing what you do for your community we appreciate it and uh, come back soon you know what's coming we out we out thank you for listening to what's it called the podcast the chat the cheese brilliant they talk about recruiting they talk about technology But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.